Welcome to Debt Free Degree, the podcast that can help you help your teen attend college with less debt and more success. Denise's two homeschooled kids attended college on $199,000 in scholarships for four years debt free with cash left over. We're starting a movement to help all parents figure this out so you and your teen can rest easy and look forward to living the life of your dreams. Now here's your host, Denise Thomas. The cost of college is high enough without taking extra time to figure out what you want to do with your life. 80% of college students change their college major at least twice. 60% change their major at least three times. The result is spending too much time going after that degree. Instead of a four-year degree, it's taking five and six years to graduate. Even at a state public university averaging $27,000 per year, that extra two years will cost you at least an additional $54,000. Today, I've invited Greg and Beth Langston to give us some insight as to why we have this problem and what we can do about it. For the last 20 years, Beth and Greg have empowered students to master their self-discovery, allowing them to successfully activate their life's purpose. Beth graduated from Purdue University in education and is an expert essay editor. Greg graduated from Purdue's Krennert School of Business and is an expert in building high performance teams across 10 different industries. With their unique blend of professions, they have developed transformational self-discovery courses for high school students. Beth and Greg, I'm so glad to have you with us. Well, thank you. We're glad to be here. Absolutely, Denise. It's our pleasure. Well, tell us about you and how did you get into the student self-discovery space? Well, we started with our own children. They were our um, guinea pigs. They were our guinea pigs. We raised them overseas, mostly. Um, so by the time our son was 13, he had been to 12 schools in five different countries. And it was a wonderful, unique opportunity for them. They learned foreign language, they gained an appreciation for other cultures. And like when we lived in Singapore, K through 12 at the Singapore American School had 76 nationalities represented. It was amazing. It was really fun. And they had amazing um, educational experiences. And I was very involved. Sometimes we had to do homeschooling with our Just kids. Just like you did? Yes, in Australia and Singapore, the different school years. And in Mexico, we lived in Mexico, we actually had a school in our house. But our kids were the only English speakers in the first school we put them in. And so they would come home in the afternoon and we'd have the Spanish English dictionary in one hand, their homework in the other, and we would plow through it all just trying to stay ahead academically for them. And they could do it. Kids are very resilient. They can rise to the occasion. And so we knew during this process, we thought, okay, we wanna get back to the US by the time they're in high school to help prepare them for that college application process, to you know learn more self-discovery about themselves because there was a great lack of opportunity for that overseas, we found. But we got back to the States and we're like, okay, where? Where is this self-discovery? Greg, as an executive, was had the opportunity for, you know, executive coaching to learn skills, 
through testing uh, and um, just uh, to be a better leader and to be uh, just a better person in general and to realize his goals and dreams. And so at, we real, we started to ask ourselves, why aren't they teaching this to high school kids? Why do we have to wait till we're in our 30s and 40s to have this kind of coaching that helps you get to know who you are and what your strengths are? So we, with Greg's executive background and my education background, we started experimenting on our own children and then their friends became our little subjects and it grew and grew to workshops in the area and we really enjoyed seeing the success of our students. Well, it seems like such an adult concept, as you mentioned, you know, Greg, you, you were teaching these things to adults. And I'm guessing that as a society, that's where we think this concept of self-discovery belongs, but obviously we need it for teenagers as well. So why would you say the self-discovery process is, should be important to teenagers? Well, what I would say uh, is it's important, and I'll relay back what the parents say to us when we go through the process, to the family, they say, I wish I had this when I was a high school student, because I wouldn't have wasted 10 to 20 years trying to find my way or change majors three, four, five, six times. If I would have had this self-discovery when I was a kid, I would be on a different path. Or we've also had some that were well, I got here, it took me a circuitous route to get to where I am, but I probably could have done it faster had I had the self-discovery process at an earlier time. And so that's the benefit of being able to take a look at what I was learning when I was in my 30s and 40s and say, how can we repurpose this to help our kids be successful at an earlier age? And our son and daughter have both done very well. Our son went to he went to Goldman after being at um, the Wharton School of Business, and then he's a hedge fund manager. And our daughter was an academic um, five, five, well, she was a scholarship athlete. Let's let, she went there for five years because they wanted her to, to play for five years and she would full ride for athletic, athletic volleyball. And then she turned pro. Uh, and now she's a very, very accomplished medical device rep. And so they learn these concepts at an earlier age which is beneficial. And one of the things that you found, Beth, is that over the last 20 years, you know what the college admissions people want to see. Yes, of course, you know, they want their academic success, their students to have good GPAs, good standardized test scores, and a, a quality curriculum. We all know that. They also want to have extracurricular accomplishments and not just, you know, surface accomplishments. They want to show they want students to show that they had a real interest in what they were pursuing because of their skills and what they're interested in. But they also, the third thing that they're looking for are self-aware students who have a plan for their future, that know their values and their purpose and their strengths, their weaknesses and their natural inclinations and can speak to those either in their interviews or in their college essays, which we also do help them with because once they know about themselves they can put it down on paper they can speak to uh, an admissions officer about it and so we encourage them to get help in the test prep area the essay editing area the scott searching for scholarship area and the self-discovery area like you you profess in your tedx talks and and uh with your clients 
you can help them find money and you did with your own kids you can help them find money but they can't start doing that their senior year they have to start doing that their freshman year exactly so when it comes to you know this self-discovery process what are the biggest challenges that you see parents and teens face well, I would say that they assume that the college advisor in the school is going to help them to do that. But unfortunately, there's an average of 424 students in schools in the United States today per college advisor. And in California, it's 900 students to one college admissions officer. And the recommended uh, amount is like 240 to one college advisor in high school so you can have the best intention advisor but if they can't they can't possibly see 420 students or 900 students they can't have an impact so therefore it's incumbent upon the student and the family with their support to seek out other resources to start early they start their essays too late we were on a we were on a show uh, a couple of weeks ago and the, the young man said who was the host he said well, yeah, I started thinking about my essay and going to college uh, in my senior year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, that was not the right thing. Um, they start their essays too late and they don't have enough proofreading to go through and checking to make sure it's properly done. Uh, you had an Indian student, for example, who had oh, great skills. She was so qualified and she came to me after she'd already submitted her applications and she was getting rejected by different colleges or being put on the wait list, which is not a bad thing. The wait list is not a bad thing, but then you have to um, fill out another essay saying what you've done since you applied. And so when she showed me the first essay, that personal statement that she had submitted in the first paragraph, there were grammatical errors. And so the college admissions officers only have about eight to 12 minutes per application to decide yeah, I'm going to put it in yes, maybe or no pile. And when they, some of them, when they see that, you're done. You know, so you got to get help. You got to get someone else, someone other, somebody else's eyes on your work helps a lot. Absolutely. I actually had one parent tell me that their student didn't want anyone to see and right. edit their essay. And it's like, that is a mistake. Mm-hmm. If you, it's okay if you don't want mom or dad to read it, yes. maybe you think they're too critical and some parents can be, but find someone, even if it's a, another student in your school that yes. has impeccable grammar skills, who got the top score on their English ACT or SAT section. Mm-hmm. Nope. And plus you have to know exactly what those admission officers are looking for. It is a little bit different than an English essay, which I get a lot of those submitted to me and I'm like, I want you to sit down like you're talking to your best friend, spill it out. Let's dig deep in some of these areas, not broad, but deep. They want to know that you know who you are, that you have feelings and thoughts and opinions and that you're going to use the things you've learned for your future. And so I try to bring that in out in my kids. Yeah. And you have to know, you know, I, I believe that we have come a little bit too far on the let's just be friends with our kids side as parents. And Mm -hmm. instead of actually parenting them through helping them to understand who they are, because even as teenagers, especially I believe kids that are college bound, uh, most of them, if they believe they're college bound, they're working toward their academics, et cetera, but they can 
figure out what's important to them. They can figure out what their values are and they can bring that to their application. Mm -hmm. So now I can see that there's a lot of issues here, but how would families overcome these challenges? I'm glad you asked that because I'll give you an interesting statistic. 87% of people 16 through 29 have stated that they have no purpose or meaning. So they don't know what they want to do. And that manifests itself in the five and six years in college. And so what we did is we developed a three-phase process where a student goes through a sense of discovery and it begins by them selecting, and you mentioned seeking out somebody who's really good at uh, grammatical uh, issues or writing and so forth. They are in a sense picking an accountability partner to help them write more effectively. What our programs do is we help the student we encourage the student, we don't do it ourselves, they pick an accountability partner who's gonna help them go through this process. And as a result, they gain a sense of clarity in terms of knowing what I'm strong at, what I do well, what I don't do well, a sense of confidence. I can express myself both verbally to a college admissions advisor, as well as in writing through my essays. And they have a sense of control because they can then express to their parents, which they do at the end of the process, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to major in. And this is how I want to use it with my career. And so in the discovery process, it starts with personal core values. And if you can envision a tree with a very strong root system, the roots are the values. And on top of those values, you have the trunk of the tree, which is the purpose. And on top of the trunk of the tree, you have the branches, which are the goals and objectives. If you're not strong with your values or your core beliefs, when you're confronted with a challenge in life or the tree is confronted with a storm, it's going to blow over. And so we teach the young men and women how to determine what are their values, how are they going to make decisions based upon those values, and they get very clear on that. And that's very powerful. And we found that the parents really like that mm -hmm. because when the parents aren't around and the kids there by themselves and is making a decision, if and when they make them according to those stated values that they hold true and won't negotiate with, they're going to be much better people going forward. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I love, well, I love several areas about this. First of all, you're, you're starting with the values. It's a core. It's something that is deep inside you. And I think that one of those challenges is that as parents and high school counselors, we don't even think about if my kids have a solid base in their core values and beliefs, because we're so busy and we just keep going on with whatever's happening next in the day but it Absolutely. is very important. I find personally that uh, more homeschool students, homeschool families tend to start more with those values. I can't say why, maybe it's because the majority uh, do have a belief system, a religious belief system that starts there, perhaps that's why. Mm -hmm. But another thing that I like about your program is that you don't just stop with the four years of college, what we're gonna do for a college major and say, done, because you have to have more than that. You've got to know what industry are you interested in? What type of work? Are you going to be a people person? Do you want to sit behind a desk? Do you want to interact with the public? There's so many details that can help you to define what is going to work for you for your life. We call it college flight plan, flight plan for a reason. We want them to take flight effectively from the home into college. And then we want them to take flight from the college into their career, not back into our basement. 
You know, we don't want them to come back to our basement. And so what continuing with the discovery process, which does begin with values, we take them through a holistic assessment where they get to pick up to eight different trusted advisors who give them feedback relative to these are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. These are the things that I should probably major in. This is how I add value to others. This is what I might want to consider doing differently. And so they get 200 data points. It's different than as compared to just taking an assessment on a computer to say I should be an engineer or I should be an architect. You get 200 data points of information from people that care about you. The student gets that assessment. They then go through a Colby assessment, which is a conative assessment to understand what they instinctively do to solve problems. And then we feed that into what we call our distinct natural abilities, our DNA. And they then create a purpose statement because everybody needs to know their why and why you get up in the morning and why you're going to go study and why you're going to go work hard and why you're not going to go party. You're going to go study because you want to get better grades. And so all of that information is your discovery process, which then leads to the next phase, which is, okay, now that I know what is strong and I know what I'm good at, what am I going to do? with that in the next five years and one year. And so they identify specific goals in the areas of health, wealth, wisdom, and relationship for the next five years and one year, which then positions them to pick what we call their core majors. So they have three majors that they pick, not just one, because some kids freak out when you say, I can only pick one major. You say, here's my primary major. I can have this as an optional major, and I have one that I may not be that interested in, but it provides them a sense of relief that they can have a major and a minor. And uh, we found that that's very effective. It gives them a direction. Exactly. Right? Because we're usually dealing with sophomores and juniors. When they get to be seniors, and then they have to list those majors, and hopefully they know which ones they're listing by then. And in the final phase is they direct, they say, okay, now I know what I wanna do. I'm going to use a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. I'm going to use a, an elevator speech, which we've helped them create based upon all their information. So they, in one minute or less, can eloquently express who they are, what their values are, what their goals are, what they want to do to an admissions officer or uh, uh, an alumni. And they then, they sit down with their parents and their accountability partner, instead of the parents saying, so tell me what I just paid for, <laughs> the student says, mom and dad, or care, a caregiver, these are my values and why they're important. This is what I wanna do. Uh, these are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. This is my purpose statement. These are my five-year goals, my one-year goal, my major. And I want to go study this uh, in this area because I'll be able to earn an, uh, an income that I'm passionate about. And that's very powerful. I think that's wonderful. I love it. If a parent listening or seeing this is interested in helping their kid figure this out so that they don't end up as one of the 60% of students that ends up going to college for how many years? Five, six years? Six, yeah. Where can they find more information about this? Well, they can go to collegeflightplan.com, collegeflightplan.com, or they can email me at greg at collegeflightplan.com. And for your listeners today, we've created a special parent starter discovery. And that includes some key statistics that parents need to know for college bound students. It has five early actions for college success that parents can use to help their teens get into college or to figure out that college may not be the right direction for them. They may choose a vocation and the self-discovery provides that. Some free assessments that we recommend, 
some ACT and SAT prep resources that we recommend, as well as some ways to get in touch with us. And they can get that by going to collegeflightplan.com slash guide. That sounds fabulous. Greg, I'm just so excited to have you and Beth here with us today. The link is going to be in the show notes, everyone. Be sure to grab it and get in touch with Greg and Beth. Let's make sure your teen gets on the right path for their future. So if you don't have a mentor to guide you through the debt-free degree strategy that got my kids $199,000 in free cash, let's get on a call. Go to getaheadoftheclass.com slash apply. Greg and Beth, thank you so much for being with me today. Thanks Denise, for it's been a pleasure. This is Denise Thomas, your debt-free college coach. Till next time, and remember, college doesn't have to be a debt sentence. Thanks for listening to the show. Please rate and review the podcast, download and share with friends. You can go to debtfreedegreepodcast.com for more info and free downloads. Once again, that's debtfreedegreepodcast.com. See you next time.